But like focusing on small, you know, I believe in the power of small wins. Whatever you're looking to do, or you're improving your relationship, your diet, work, you know, focus on little things, win, and move from there. That's Jason Walkup, and this is the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. Greetings. My name is Rich Roll. I'm your host. This is the Rich Roll Podcast, where each week I sit down with a thought leader, a paradigm-breaking mind or personality across all categories of health, wellness, diet, nutrition, fitness, entrepreneurship, in the case of today's guest, uh, mindfulness, spirituality, meditation, what else? Creativity, artistry. You get the idea, right? I don't know why I always introduce it this way. You guys have been tuning in for a while. You know the deal. This is just for the new listeners, I suppose. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in today. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for sharing the show on social media. And of course, Huge shout out of thanks to everybody who has made a habit of always using the Amazon banner ad at richroll.com for all your Amazon purchases. It really does help us out a lot, and I am extremely grateful to those of you out there who have made a practice of doing this. Uh, it's been huge, so I appreciate that. You can find the banner ad on any of the podcast episode pages. It's right there, impossible to miss. So I got my buddy Jason Walkup on the show today. I love this guy. He is an entrepreneur. He is the co-founder and CEO of mindbodygreen.com, which is the internet's biggest online wellness destination. And he's also the author of a new book that comes out this week. It's called Wealth, but it's spelled differently. It's W-E-L-L-T-H. There's the spin. Did you catch that, right? I got a lot more I want to say about Jason in a second, but first... We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel. But what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor-fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in Fleetfoot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And 
With that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because, unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. What is the meaning of life? What happens when we die? What is our purpose here? If like me, you ponder these delicious existential questions, I have got just the thing for you. It's called Soul Boom. It's a podcast hosted by everyone's favorite best friend and my friend, the deep thinking and deeply hilarious Rain Wilson where he communes with intellectuals and entertainers, theologians and philosophers in intimate exchanges that tickle the mind, heart, and yes, the soul. Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. So Jason and his wife, Colleen, have been really good friends of ours since about 2009, I think, not that long after Jason founded mindbodygreen.com, which really started as an online portal to aggregate user-generated blog content around all things wellness. Uh, we began collaborating on stuff when Mind Body Green was just Jason typing away in his apartment. And what's really cool is that Mind Body Green has now grown into this full-blown well-established lifestyle media brand that garners about 10 to 15 million unique visitors a month, which is enormous. All the content is focused on mental, physical, emotional, and environmental self and global improvement. And I think what's really cool about this narrative is that Jason and I have kind of grown together. I first started blogging on mindbodygreen.com when nobody knew who I was long before my first book. And to see what he's done with this company and kind of my own personal trajectory, it's really neat uh, that we're still so connected. In fact, Julie and I just launched our third online course in conjunction with Mind Body Green. It's called The Ultimate Guide to Conscious Relationships. I'm really excited about that. I think it's our best course yet. They just keep getting better. I'll put a link to the course in the show notes. I think it's on sale for like 30% off through the next couple of days or something like that. In any event, Jason was also one of my very first guests on the podcast. That was episode 32, which is amazing. That was almost three years ago at this point. So we were due for another chat picking up where we last left off to talk about 
his own journey with wellness, his path from Wall Street trader, his face forever memorialized on the wall at the Palm Steakhouse, to how he healed his chronic back pain through yoga, diet, and lifestyle, and how all of this fueled his decision to start mindbodygreen.com. We talk about his personal entrepreneurial journey, what motivated him to become a startup entrepreneur, and how he has made an indelible mark on the new media scene with his Dumbo Brooklyn-based startup. We talk about what it took to blow through the glass ceiling on growth and scale his business to the level it enjoys now, eclipsing expectations of what a web-based health-oriented content provider can and should be. We talk about how, as this ambassador of wellness, he balances focus on his own wellness against the pressures of being a successful CEO. We talk about current trends in wellness, plus tons of entrepreneurial advice. And of course, we talk about his new book, Wealth. It's his first book. It comes out March 1st. And it's all about why the good life, quote unquote, the good life is no longer just about the material and is more about lifestyle. Uh, the book is about redefining what it means to live successfully, and it offers readers this sort of new life currency to build on, uh, a non-financial currency based on well-being. And it's about how to cultivate a lifestyle where happiness is attainable, health is paramount, work is purposeful, friendships are deep and plentiful, and daily living is about abundance and joy. I love this guy. I love his book. I've got so much respect for what he has built, his mission, and just how he lives and prioritizes his life. So let's talk to him. It's a god of a small affair to the girl with the mousy hair. But so this is called the live room. The live room. Eat, move, breathe. Eat, move, live, breathe, love. Podcast. Saw that. We got the pictures. Remember the concert, Revitalize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. It's quite amazing. Um, off mic, just before we started, we were talking about how uh, you did the podcast back in the day, OG style, like in the very beginning. I don't know what episode it was, but it was really early on, right? It was early. Yeah. I shared it again recently. I can't remember. So I knew what it was like 50 or 60 or something like that. And maybe even earlier than that. And we did it in the kitchen of your apartment right yes. up the street here. And Mind Body Green had really developed quite a bit at that point. You were already getting, I mean, that was like two years ago, maybe. But longer than that. You were, was it longer than that? Yeah. Wow. But I remember, I mean, I haven't gone back and listened to that podcast, but I, my recollection is that, you know, a lot of what we talked about had to do with the explosive growth of the company and, and how you kept breaking the glass ceiling on, on kind of traffic numbers and mm -hmm. what the industry was telling you would be possible for a wellness website. Uh, and at the time, you were still in uh, an office space that was literally the size of this, probably smaller than the room we're in right now, with all of your employees sitting at one table. And I think there were like, I don't know, eight people or something like that yeah. at the time. And I remember being amazed that the site could have such a profound impact on the world with just these eight people sitting at one table. They were all very big. Yeah. Well, you're the biggest, right? <laughs> How tall are you? Six, five, six, seven, six, seven. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's amazing. Yeah. You still tower over everybody, but now we're in your brand new offices. Uh, it's extraordinary, man. How big is this place? 10,000 square feet. That's amazing. It's amazing. It's just a couple streets over from your former office in, in Dumbo, Brooklyn incredibly beautiful loft space. You gave me a tour. I think it was the weekend 
before you moved in. Yep. Uh, where it was still getting built out. And now to walk in here and to see everybody working. I mean, it's incredible what you've built, man. Thank you. We're yeah. still trying. Still a long way to go. I know. So what is the, what is the current uh, state of affairs with Mind Body Green? The current state of the union. Uh, so we're about 30 people now, up from eight. I went back. I looked. So we talked in May of 2013. Mm, oh, it was that? Almost three wow. years ago. Yeah. yeah. So we're about 30 people now. Uh, we hadn't launched the class business back then right so now we've got a robust class business we have great courses with with you there obviously mm -hmm. you and julie uh you know continue to build out content we we launched our revitalize event which is a lot of fun and mm -hmm. great and you know just uh still have a long way to go explain the revitalize event a little bit sure so the revitalize event started two years ago we did two we did uh done two years running we're coming up on our third year uh it was this idea that, you know, Mind Body Green is built on community and we meet all these amazing people uh, from all different walks of life, whether they're, you know, best selling authors, athletes, actors, musicians. And uh, having been to a lot of events, uh, you know, kept on thinking like, we, we know all these amazing people. Like, wouldn't it be great if we got them all together? You know, wellness tends to be a small, insular world. I always think the magic happens when you pull someone from, you know, this profession who doesn't know this person mm -hmm. and, you know, you pull an actor and then an athlete and they never, and a musician or someone interesting and they've never met before. And next thing you know, they're, you know, magic happens. And so that was the idea of Revitalize to bring amazing people together and do content and live stream it and bring it to the world and just create an amazing experience. So, yeah. And so you've done two of these Yes, and I had that great privilege. Julie and I had the great privilege of, of attending both of those and they have been amazing. I mean, I think for me, you know, the biggest impact of those events has just been getting to know so many of these people in yep. the space that, you know, I've read, I've read their work. I've seen their video. Like I know who they are, but yep. I didn't know them personally. And to be able to spend a couple of days in a really intimate setting, really getting to know them, you know, outside of the rubric of what they yep. do on a daily basis, um, creates an environment that allows you to bond with these people. And like, I've become friends with a lot of these yeah. people as a I result. Like and so revitalize is like, they come to revitalize. Next thing you know, they're at your house. Right. I'm yes. like, there's That's Leslie Weiss. True. There's yeah. Ed. They're Rich's house. And they're, yeah, they're probably yeah. not leaving. <laughs> yeah. They've both been over and now, well now Chris from Grizzly Bear, uh, yeah. from this past Love year's Chris. Revitalize. He's so cool. Chris Taylor. Yeah. Uh, for those that are listening, he's a member of the band Grizzly Band. Grizzly Bear, and uh, he's taken an interest in my boys and their band and their music. That's awesome. And so he's been, he's not officially producing their album, but he's <laughs> men mentoring them. Like he's really giving them feedback and he helped, he came to our house and he helped set up the analog studio and told them how awesome. to do it right. And now Tyler is basically working for him a couple days a week. That's awesome. I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah. He's such a sweet guy. So, I love it. That, that's when the magic happens. Right. So, like, and that's because that's of you. Magic. So thank you for that. I thank you on behalf of Analemma. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So it's been cool. But yeah, why don't we, um, why don't we take it back a little bit because it was three years ago yes. almost. Uh, we always need a superhero origin story. So, and I think it's apropos to your book, right? Because it's right. a big part of, uh, of your book and the narrative that's woven through wealth. So take us back a little bit and explain how you went from, you know, collegiate basketball player to impresario of, of sure. wellness, kind of lording over this mind, body, green empire. Sure. So, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a ride. It's been a, you know, a zigzagging, uh, path 
uh, 41 now. So been at this for a while. As, as you mentioned, I played basketball at Columbia, then was an equities trader for five years. Uh, you know, I think looking back, this was the late nineties. I think most people, you know, at Columbia where I went to college, you know, they either worked on wall street or if they had decent grades, maybe they went to law school mm -hmm. or if they had an interest in science or medicine, they became a doctor or maybe some people became consultants and that yeah, was it. That was it. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's so different now, like the whole world of possibilities of the things that you can, you can do. Yep. Uh, it's just so I remember going to like the recruiting office at Stanford and like looking at brochures <laughs> for like Boston consulting group. And I was yep. like, well, I don't even know what that is, right. but maybe I should interview with that. You know, like it's a nice pamphlet. It just seemed, yeah, like that. Was, there was no internet. There was no way of like finding out that finding out about anything beyond like what the obvious things, yep. the obvious career paths are. Yep. So didn't really give much thought to it. You know, I didn't come from money, and so I, you know, I definitely wanted to make money, and and, and everyone I knew was doing well who graduated was on Wall Street. So I said that was a, you know, this seems like a good idea. You know, I was an athlete, so I liked the idea of trading. It was competitive. It was a game every day. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so became a trader. Uh, and then I think, you know, learn pretty quickly uh, that, you know, I, I thought that money would buy you happiness and found out very quickly it didn't. And then sort of left for this entrepreneurial journey, mm -hmm. uh, which took a while. Right. And it was preceded by another entrepreneurial journey, right? You were in the organic cookie business. Yes, I was in that after trading, you know, and it's funny, you know, running that company, uh, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, I always say mind, body, green, you know, true health is, is mind, body, green. It's one word, not three. Um, and I learned a lot about the, the green part, mm -hmm. uh, through the cookie company, through organics, you know, pesticides, toxins, the connection to nature, why that's important. Um, I mean, what did you specifically learn? Like in the, in the, the manufacturing process of trying to produce an organic product, you realize well, like what has to go into that? Well, just like basic things were organic. What does this really mean? Yeah, you know, well, there's different variations. There's 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 USDA certified. There's made with organic ingredients. I quickly learned that the the word natural meant nothing. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you mean natural? It doesn't mean anything. Anything can be natural. Uh, so really got educated about food and nutrition. Uh, you know, and I, I think back then my idea of of health was was largely around vanity. And if you look good in the mirror, you you were great. And mm -hmm. uh, my diet consisted of uh, steak and martinis. Mm -hmm. You know, no carbs. Well, it's six, seven, you know, you're not getting fat. Right. So you can, just, I, I can you, carry you it can, better. Right. 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 Um, but you know, saw that wasn't the, the solution to health and was also stressed out of my mind from flying and, and raising money at the worst time. And, uh, you know, six foot seven flew over almost 150,000 miles domestic. And I had a, so what happened was I had an old basketball injury in my lower back, which is exacerbated by stress and had two extruded discs pressing on my static nerve, excruciating pain, couldn't walk. Everyone said he needed back surgery. And, and one guy said, you know, yoga might help and started practicing yoga. Started mm -hmm. looking at things like stress, sleep, nutrition, the environment, things like eating more plants, inflammation. Mm -hmm. uh, made a lot of changes in my life and then completely healed. And so that, that's how a lot of ways Mind Body Green was born. So your back is completely good now. I'm fine. Never had surgery. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Like solving that equation of food and lifestyle, uh, you know, the, the, the caliber of your, your diet and how you move your body and what that produces in your life. Yep. It's just not something that's taught that we're taught, yep. you know, in fact, we're taught the opposite. Yep. 
And you have to almost experience it yourself to have this revelatory moment oh, yeah. of saying, oh my goodness. And stress. <laughs> what and I eat actually makes a difference. Every, it's all connected, you know, just mm -hmm. the idea, you know, one of the things also, you know, money was very tight at the time and, you know, started to read about, you know, new age things like the chakras mm -hmm. and saw that like lower back pain was associated with money worries. And all of a sudden they're like, whoa, this completely makes sense here. <laughs> yeah. And, and meanwhile, all your Wall Street buddies are fleeing for the hills like Jason's lost the thread. Right. Well, they've all come back. Have they? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because it's that age where all that stuff starts to crop up, up and you kind of yeah. have to start paying attention to yeah. it. Yeah. And so mind, what was the genesis of, you know, starting Mind Body Green? Sure. What was the core idea and how did that begin? Sure. So it, it quickly occurred to me that everyone had health wrong. You know, most print magazines were about vanity and weight loss. And, you know, I, I quickly learned that was not uh, real health. Uh, and the web was dominated by people Googling for symptoms and then freaking out, running to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, you know, this is more nuanced. It's this blend of mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental well-being. It's this lifestyle, mind, body, green. No one's talking about this. Mm -hmm. um, and then ran with it, you know, started with a, you know, found my, my two co-founders, Tim and Carver. They worked nights and weekends, got Colleen, my wife involved, and I went all in and did one blog post a day. Colleen, you know, discovered you on Stanford yeah, was, Magazine. Colleen's like, I want to interview this guy. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just another Stanford swimmer. I met these guys. Yeah, she's she's like, no, this guy's that. cool. <laughs> well, it's, how long had Mind Body Green been around? Just before? a couple years. Uh, I, yeah, uh, it was brand new. Like you were 20, just, I've known you for like six years now, yeah, like 2010 or 2011. You were in your apartment doing this. Yeah, every day. And, uh, and the other guys had full-time jobs too, yeah, right? And it like, wasn't like, no, they, they, yeah. they went nights and weekends and for three years I didn't pay myself. I had a very, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll emphasize understanding wife. Yeah. <laughs> To go in and do it, you know, it's something I talk about the book. Like, I think when you're passionate about something, you know, and I, I do think goals and deadlines are important, but I always say, like, sometimes you just got to say, like, I don't know when, I don't know how, but, you know. You got to make the leap. Yeah. When it feels it's right. It's going to happen. And, yeah. and this is what I would do. It's not a cliche. Like, this is what I would do if I was not getting paid anything. Right. And I literally did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember pretty clearly, uh, I think it was Colleen initially who reached out to me and I was checking out the site and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. There, I, I, I didn't, I was like, I don't think there's anything else like this. Right. Like, it would be cool to write for these guys. Yeah. And uh, I think that whatever I, whatever the first thing was that got published, from me or maybe Colleen wrote it. I don't even remember did the specifically. Interview. Yeah, we did the interview and it got like crazy traction. And yeah, I was why like, every guy wow. should do yoga. Why athletes should do yoga. Was that the first did. thing? One of them. Or yeah, the... yeah. I was like, this is insane. How is he getting all this traffic? Like his <laughs> SEO is unbelievable. Like, I don't know what he's doing in his bedroom, but it's working. <laughs> Neither did I. I was like, I don't need to blog anywhere else. I'm just, if I'm going to blog outside of my own website, I'll right. do it with Mind Body Green. And right. that was the beginning of our relationship. Yep. And you've blown up and grown. And, you know, what Julie and I are doing has grown. And it's been a beautiful thing to kind of no, walk this path together. It, that's been so personally fulfilling and rewarding. It's like there are people like you and Julie and, and Tara Styles and Dana. Like, I could go on and on. Like, right. people who I've literally met from 2010 we were both starting out and both trying to figure it out and to see everyone grow together has just kind of been mm -hmm. awesome and fun so. yeah and and you really you you really hit i mean timing was obviously big too i mean you had the foresight to see that this was something important and yep. that there was a market for this yep. that didn't quite exist and the culture has kind of shifted to yep. accommodate that in, yep. in, a, in a really magical way. Yeah. I mean, you've played a part in influencing culture yep. because of what you do, 
But I think there are seismic tectonic plates that shift it at the same time Absolutely. to make this all possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So what, I mean, what do you think it, what do you think it, what were the confluence of events you think that made all of this kind of zeitgeist sure. right now? A couple things. Uh, I, I think, God, you know, the, the success of Whole Foods Market, mm -hmm. the, the success of organic, uh, the growth of yoga, the explosion of juice bars, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and I think also, uh, by the way, wait, I'm going to stick a pin in that because I went to Joe and the juice the other day. Have you been to that place no. in Manhattan? Oh yes. I got coffee there though. I was like, this is the craziest juice bar I've ever been in Soho. It's like you go in, it's like a nightclub happening yes. in there. Like the most beautiful people you've yeah. ever seen and they're cranking music and everybody's dancing. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the... I'm just, I just want to get a green juice. Yep. So, and I, and it made me reflect on exactly what you just said, which is like, wow, it's come a long way. Yep. Well, there's that. And I, I think also this idea that, that specifically with millennials, with the younger generation, people are looking for meaning, purpose, and significance in their life and mm -hmm. they get it. It's all connected, you know, mind, body, and green. There's something happening. Uh, and then on the media side, the business side, I think it's also, this has been almost the greatest window ever to create a media company. I think that window is actually closing. Mm. Uh, and if you're in, you're in, so to speak, but right. Why time, do you think it's closing? Facebook, you know, Facebook, we, when we grew from 2 million to, to high of 15 million, uh, 15 million unique a month. A month. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now we're at 10, uh, which is great. Facebook represented almost 70% of our traffic. Uh, wow. Now, were between 10 and 12 and Facebook is down to 30%. Mm. And you saw Upworthy was the fastest growing website of all time. It went from 10 to 90. Guess where it's at today? Mm, I don't know where. 11. Wow. So how does that, I mean, what is the mechanics of that? Because Facebook is stealing those eyeballs away? Well, these other I, sites it's and a couple of things. I think, you know, Facebook happened and, you know, who created Facebook? If you think about it, it's people sharing content. Who are the people, the types of people that share the most content? Publishers. And so I think Facebook was very friendly with publishers and, and it just sort of mm. happened. And then, you know, you've got a supply issue where there's people keep on pushing content and you can't crowd the feed. So you just have to keep on cutting back. Uh, it'll never completely go away for publishers because uh, Facebook relies on publishers for content. Right. But, but the chokehold that they've put yeah. on, on publishers being actually able to access the people that are following them yeah, on Facebook. You have to yeah, pay, you have to pay you for do, those eyeballs. You now. do, you do. Uh, which is, a, you know, I, I, I get it. Uh, but I think that was, the, you know, w within media, I think there are always windows in time where it's very easy to grow. Like before that it was Google with search mm -hmm. where like you had companies like demand media, live strong, grow really, really fast, really quick. And like window closed, boom, Facebook happened. I don't know what the next one is, you know, is demand even around anymore? They are. Yeah. They are, but you know, they're, I think their time has passed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, I think that happened and I think we, we've survived it and thrived and we've got a strong brand. And, um, but I think that happened with media and I don't know, I don't think there are any vehicles out there right now to really grow. Right. But in, in the early days or kind of on the trajectory upwards of the company, yep. um, I remember you telling me that, you know, sort of 
quote unquote industry experts would tell you, well, a wellness site is going to tap out at oh, I hear a million oh, yeah. uniques a month or something like that. Yep. And you would consistently trump that. Yes. Right? Oh, so, here. Oh, the, oh, yeah. The audience is small. There are no advertisers. Is there really an appetite for this? Like I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't hear that so much. Anymore. Right. A little bit, but. And I think that, <coughs> excuse me. The other thing that I've noticed, just, you know, knowing you as long as I have and, and kind of watching how you've managed the growth of this company is I think you've been really smart. Like you, you could have blown it out a lot earlier. Like you right. could have moved into this office space a couple of years ago, probably based right. on your advertising revenue. Um, and you really kept it, you know, you, you really waited for your moment and allowed right. organic growth to kind of dictate the steps forward. Right. And you were patient, you know. Right where there was a lot of money flying around and people probably telling you, you know, on the investment side, oh, we could do this, we could do that. Yep. And you resisting that temptation yep. for the for the sake of, you know, the long haul. Yep. So when you look back on that, you must you must feel pride at that, right? Because I'm sure a yeah, lot of other people flamed out and spent all their right. money. I've in, seen a lot of people come and go you know, uh, yeah. in the six years and it'll continue to happen. You know, I, I think that's the challenge of running a socially responsible company. It's growth versus uh you know trust and brand and community and it's it's finding a balance and mm-hmm. i do think there is a balance but it's delicate and you have to you know your brand and trust is everything so there was that great saying it's like uh trust takes takes years to build seconds to lose and a lifetime to mm-hmm. rebuild mm-hmm. regain yeah for sure and as a ceo uh you know how has how has your role changed and shifted how have you like grown into um you know somebody who has to now manage a lot of people sure. whereas previously it was just you know you were sort of making the shots in your, right. in your bedroom i'm sure right. there's been growing pains and sure. what are those challenges been and how do you um you know reconcile those decisions that you have to make against the core mission statement sure. of mind body green and making sure that it stays true to what you want it to be sure it's a balance <laughs> uh you know, I think as you grow bigger and you become more successful, I don't think your problems go away. I just think they change. So like you're constantly, when you're looking to grow a company and your CEO, you're constantly, you know, looking at, well, this is what we're, this is where we want to go tomorrow. This is what we can do. And, uh, you know, once you get there, then it changes again and it will continue to change. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about evolving and, uh, and adapting and, and and realizing what you're strong at, what you're weak at, and, and trying to improve as you go. Because uh, I think you have different problems at different stages, but mm-hmm. you never get to a point where it's, we get to this headcount or this revenue and your problems are over. Like, that does not exist. Right. What are, what are the things that you didn't foresee having to kind of tackle sure. and deal with? Sure. You know, I think culture hiring is really, really hard. I think we've gotten quite good at it, but you know, we're a mission driven company, Mm -hmm. that mission, you know, everyone who walks in the door or interviews says they're passionate about the mission, but what that means to them means sometimes means something very different than than how I view that. Right. And so, uh, you know, and I think something too in wellness where people say they're passionate about wellness, they want to work here. Like, well, that doesn't mean they have the skill set to actually fulfill whatever function you need. It doesn't mean you can leave for three hours in the middle of the day and do yoga every day. Like, we believe in balance, but we still work hard. Uh, so that's been a focus, like seeing, you know, wh- what, what types of people like really succeed here. People get the mission and work hard. And we've like identified qualities and 
Uh, and then culture, like I touched on that, like what, you know, culture is everything, you know, uh, culture is very easy when you've got a group of people sitting around a table, but when you have direct reports and they have reports mm -hmm. and they have reports, you know, I believe a strong culture, uh, can, you know, get through anything, can achieve incredible things. So it's like, how do you get everyone in sync? So that's something we're right. know, so constantly how, working on. How do you do that? Like, do you have specific strategies that you employ to try to cultivate the, a culture where everybody's in sync? I think, you know, it's a work in progress. I think it starts with hiring first and foremost, like finding people who are culture or who are fit culturally and really defining that and really having a rigorous hiring process. Uh, I think that's like a huge first step when you don't have, it just becomes very difficult when you don't have the right people. Mm -hmm. uh, and, to, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's, it's holding people accountable. It's having a good dialogue. It's, it's being honest. It's being open. Uh, and, you know, it, it's also finding subtle ways to communicate like the values of the company. Um, that doesn't, you know, I think it's very easy. Like we've got, you've seen the office, we've got quotes on the wall. We've got this great mm -hmm. quote mural from our first office. We got a great quote from you and Julie on there, but like, it's one thing to have like these quotes on the wall. It's another thing, like, what does that look like in the office place? Right. How do you actually live that and embody that and practice that in right. the principles of business right. in the workplace? So it's, it's really getting people to try to embrace that. And then how does that affect your everyday communication, your everyday interaction? Like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. so it's one thing to just put something on the wall, next thing to actually live it. Right. But the architecture of the space really um, kind of channels that. I mean, you have yep. your you have your meditation room yep. and you have your, you know, what is the other one? The restroom. And you have like, oh, we got the, we got the, what's so it, what are the eat, various move, names? Eat, eat, move, live, breathe, love. Each uh -huh. is a mind, body, green pillar. So breathe is the meditation and restroom. Uh -huh. Yeah. And everybody who works here, nobody has their own office. Everybody's sitting out in tables not in the main me. room, not even you. Nope. And I think that, you know, says a lot about yep. management style by saying, no, I'm not going to go cloister myself in a corner office yep. and shut the door. Like yep. you're sitting out there with everybody else. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a great book, how Google works with, with, uh, Eric Schmidt wrote, and he talks about, you know, th that seating arrangement definitely fosters an environment of, you know, creativity and collaboration and ideas flow. It's like great ideas don't happen if you're walled off. It's mm -hmm. those moments of every day, you know, communication. And so that's something we believe in and we see it like it's, it's, stuff happens that's great when you're when you're in the mix and you're you're communicating mm -hmm. stuff like that when people work remote and they're not it just stuff gets lost right 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 is there are there any particular business leaders out there that you look to for mentorship or you're trying to emulate like that guy gets it like i i want i want my company to look like that or i want sure. to adopt the the style of this ceo that's a good question you know I think it's like bits and pieces of people here and there. Um, I, I'd love to find someone if there are any listeners out there. Like it's something I've looked at. I'm like, I'd love to get like a, you know, executive coach or a mentor or someone, you know, for what we're trying to do. I, you know, but I haven't really found anyone. <laughs> Maybe it's a listener, but I think there are, you know, CEOs I admire who I don't know personally. Uh, you know, I think John Mackey, you know, is, is polarizing, but I think there are some incredible things he was able to build with Whole Foods Market. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Chip Wilson, another really polarizing guy with Lululemon, mm -hmm. was able to build an incredibly strong culture there. Uh, 
you know, th- those are two that, that come to mind. You know, another polarizing one, Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of ways, I think she was a pioneer. My, it's like if I, if I, if I look at people who really lived my body green 20 years ago to some degree, I think mm-hmm. she did another, I'm picking all these polarized. So I don't know, right. I don't know if any of these people I would say are the perfect fit for, for me and my style right, and what bits, we do. Bits and pieces. And yeah. I think there are a lot of people out there who I sort of admire. Yeah. And, and looking back over the past couple of years, you know, have you made mistakes that you kick yourself and say, I wish I hadn't done that or, you know. Here's no. something I learned from. No, just believe. I learn from stuff all the time, but you know, I guess, I guess, my attitude is: you make a mistake, you own it, you learn from it, mm-hmm. you go. Because mm-hmm. that, t- otherwise, if it, if it gets caught too much in the rearview mirror, you can just never move forward. Right. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation, a groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most, mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There is so much health information out there. It can feel overwhelming and leave even the most well-intentioned confused about what's what and who to trust. Well, the first person that I call when I'm seeking clarity is my friend and nutrition expert, Simon Hill, host of the fantastic podcast, The Proof. Each week, Simon matches wits with brilliant scientists, translating their evidence-based insights into actionable tools for better well-being. Subscribe to The Proof, available wherever you get your podcasts, and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. Your job is essentially to, uh, you know, craft and cultivate the macro vision for the company, obviously a CEO. And I think it would have been easy to just continue on this path of user generated blog posts and keep it at that and try to drive as much traffic as you can and get the best CPM from your advertisers and all that kind of thing. Um, but you really have kind of pushed the envelope and, and have tried to be, uh, forward thinking in, in where, in the direction that the company is heading. Like you did these online courses, like nobody yep. was doing that. Yep. And at first, like we were, I was one of the first ones, yeah. the first ones, the ultimate yeah, guy were. thing. The guinea like, pig. I don't know how that's going to work, but it's it worked pretty was, well, right? Yeah, it's gone really great. <laughs> and now you have tons of these courses. And, and if you were here in the office, you could walk 
um, past these doors that are just to my left right here. And you see this, how this space that still has yet to be developed, that's right. going to be like a full functioning media studio, yep. right? Which is fantastic. Yep. When are you going to complete work on that? You think hopefully by the summer. Uh huh. Yeah. Once Sound that's pr- up. Soundproofing in New York is no easy feat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of engineers well, just like, like the podcast, just part of the ambiance. A lot of you know, guys come in are. and then, then they bring in more guys. And as soon as I see more guys, my, I'm like, Oh God, what's the budget now? There's more guys here with more notepads taking notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's cool because it'll be plug and play and you can just start generating all your own content as yep. if you were, you know, a, a network yep. essentially. Yep. You know, and I've seen what you've done with Revitalize and all the, the filmed content that you've yep. created with that and how you repurpose that and share that. And, you know, that's something that's different from just being like a, you know, news site yep, or I agree. what have you, yep. you know. So are there any other grand ideas that you're that you're sure. bouncing around in your mind that you're yeah. thinking about? Well, I think about, you know, our mission and what we do. Uh, we're here to inspire people. And I think generally in, in health and wellness, um, I think Mind Body Green has evolved in a way that, you know, we're largely about improving people's lives. And I, I think the greatest way for people to improve is Mind Body Green. It's mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, environmental health. Like, that's it. That's if you want to improve yourself, you just can't do the self help. You need nutrition, you need movement, you need all these things. And so, you know, people, people come to, come to us and they, and they, and they want to improve themselves. And we see like a life cycle where it's like, you know, maybe you come in through yoga like me with back pain. And next thing you know, you're eating more plants. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's like, oh, wow, we got all these shit toxins in our house. We need to, and next thing you know, you're meditating. And so we see that over and over. And so, you know, I think with wellness, people want to learn and do. And so from a broad perspective, what are all the things we can do to help people learn and do? And so, like, classes, great thing. I read a blog post, like, this guy, Rich, Rich Roll, he seems cool. Like, oh, wait, I, I want to do this. How do I do it? Oh, well, here's Rich's course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, it's a pretty big umbrella, but, like, thinking of all the things we can do, whether it's, you know, content, classes, you know, products someday, events, like, how can we give people the tools to become their best selves? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's, the vision is big. Um, which is exciting, but there's a lot we can do. Right, right, right. You got to do one thing at a time. So. Yeah, one thing at a time. And as somebody who's on the front lines of wellness and is sort of canvassing everything that's going out, uh, yeah. going on in the wellness world right now, like wh- what are the trends that you're seeing? Like where, what is the direction? Where is the focus? Where, where sure. are people, you know, interested? Sure. Right now? God, there's a lot I could talk about here. Do you read my wellness trends piece? It's a good piece. Uh, no, I have. Oh, Wait, is that the one you 2016. did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did well, there's that. a couple yeah. ones in there I think are super interesting. Um, you know, I'll talk about Marie Kondo. Like this idea, like Marie Kondo is like the best-selling author of, she's killing it with, uh, you know, the life-changing magic of tidying up. And it speaks to this mm-hmm. idea of like the home as a sanctuary. But like from a spiritual that perspective, book like blew up, didn't it? it oh, it's amazing, and she's got a follow-up book, and and you, and it's crazy. The, like the idea basically is like clean your shit up, and your yeah. life gets better. Have you read it? But <laughs> she's no, got a spiritual. She's got a spiritual perspective to it. Uh-huh. It's kind of it's like all the things we believe in, you know, spiritually. Uh, and so this idea of like making your home more of a sanctuary is like a really powerful idea. Uh, and you just see what's what's grown from that. And I've seen things, you know like like plants we have over 100 plants in our office like mm-hmm. there, there's uh 
there's something very soothing about plants. And I think there's also something, you know, environmentally, they, they do good for you too, to have them in your home. Uh, so we're seeing, I see things like, uh, like drilling down, like succulents, plants are trending in a huge way, like blowing up. I think that's largely driven by Instagram. Um, you see things like flotation tanks, mm-hmm. uh, which are kind of scary uh, for me. <laughs> Julie just did it the other week, uh, and I'm scheduled to go. Like, oh, really? In the, as soon as I get back to LA, yeah, I can't wait to go. I, I would die in it. I, I could get a little bit claustrophobic in those things. Yeah, it would be a good challenge for you, though. Yeah. To, to that—that's your hurdle, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> You're no stranger to meditation. You I love meditation. In. Meditate. I meditate every day. Yeah, there's uh, got to be float tanks like companies around like, here, right? Where you can oh, go there's in. a couple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's this idea too of like what's what's old is new again. So like flotation tanks it's been like around for a long forever, time. Forever, twenty five years. Uh you know, that's exciting. You know, I think something else I talk about, like in the juice world, I think what Doug Evans is doing with Juicero is very cool. Huge I'm and going cool. to I'm gonna go see his LA operation um next in like the next ten days that's or whatever. Awesome. He just emailed me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Explain him. a little bit about what he's doing because it's it's going to change yeah. the entire press juice market. So Doug's awesome. Doug was one of the founders of Organic Avenue and left and uh, so passionate about what he's just such a passionate guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a very unique personality. He's, I love him. Very he unique. He was like a graffiti artist. <laughs> he's hard. He was in the Marines. Like he's a hustler. Uh-huh. Uh, so like left Organic Avenue uh, and then like reappeared in the Valley and uh, have this idea for this company juicero which is essentially like the the carrot coffee concept but for juice you know where you have these little pods and you've got your different flavors of juice and you know the problem with juice is you know it's pain in the ass to clean uh so you solve that problem and you're delivering you know a great product with great fresh ingredients to everyone at scale like juice is also expensive you go to juice bars and the cleaning thing and it's it's a huge idea and it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, not only that. I mean, my understanding, uh, the way it was explained to me, is that it's also something about how he's packaging these pods um, retains the freshness. So oh, it's yeah. actually healthier, more nu- nutrient dense, yes. and 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 fresher than what you're going to get even when you go to the juice presses or whatever, Absolutely. because that produce has been yep. sitting around for a Absolutely. long time. And I think a lot of people don't talk about that. And one thing I will say about Doug, like he is maniacal about quality. Like he will not compromise. So I have no doubt that whatever he's doing with quality will, he, it will be the best quality product you get period. Like mm-hmm. he will not compromise. Right. And he's got all these patents now and he's oh, yeah. went to the, and he went to the, he went to Silicon Valley. He raised a ton of money for yeah. this because it's a big idea. Yeah. And so imagine you can get these pods, you can make your own fresh pressed juice in your house without buying tons of produce. Yep. There's no cleanup. Yep. It's actually fresher and you know as healthy, if not healthier, than yep. what you're going to get at the juice bar. It's like a no-brainer. Like, yep. It's going to revolutionize the whole thing. I love it. And if there's a guy who can do it, it's Doug. It's Doug, yeah. You know, He's so. proven it before. So yeah. It's super interesting. So that's like, and I think that happens. It changes juice. How long forever. is it going to be, do you think, before that's at market? Uh, he told me 2016. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. And that's when things get interesting. You yeah. know, it's like, I think with any business or product, it's one thing, you know, he's got the big idea and then it's okay. Can you execute? Yeah. Right. And people buy it. 
Right. Well, I'm going to get him on the podcast and he can tell us. There you go. You saw a lot of them. All right. So pod juice makers, what else is going on in wellness? Cryotherapy, probably. That's a big thing. Uh, You know, I also, something I I love that's happening is what I call the sustainable sandwich shop. Hmm. Uh, You know, Mendocino Farms. Have you ever been to that place? Whole Foods actually just invested in them. Mm -hmm. There's a couple in LA, like, so that, like, you know, sandwiches, simple things. Like, people people get sandwiches, whether, you know, gluten or no gluten, people eat sandwiches. So, there's a whole crop of sandwich shops, uh, I think, probably led by Mendocino Farms and this other great one in Seattle called Homegrown, where it's a sandwich shop, but but you're you're getting you're getting organic ingredients. You're getting you know farm to table produce. Like it, it's a different experience. Like you're right, getting like quality, a lower footprint. Yeah, like you're not getting like a salami sandwich with or ham and cheese. You know, it's it's a different experience. You know, lower footprints. You know, better ingredients, organic quality. Like it's it's an upgrade. You know, right. it's not Subway. Right. Right. And where do you think things are heading? Like, what's what are we going to be seeing like one year from now, five years from now? Like, you must have a feel for trends in a way that most people don't. Sure. Uh, in terms of food, um, I think organic is, is just will keep on going. You know, I, I you know people say that Whole Foods is struggling a bit because everyone else is uh, coming into organic, so I think Whole Foods will figure it out. Uh, I think ultimately it's a good thing for everyone. Organic, readily available at a lower price point. Uh, the trickier thing with organic is making sure that what that means isn't degraded via regulation. Yep. Because it's so politicized now that even now it doesn't quite mean what it meant probably when you were running your cookie company. Yeah, to some degree. Of, you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. there's pressure because it can be monetized yep. and they can upsell yep. organic products. So if we can, you know, downgrade what what is actually entailed and required to get yep. that certification, then yep. companies can make money. So I think that's a danger that yep. exists that yep. I think is very real. Yep. I agree. But beyond I agree. That, I think uh plants are coming back in a big way. I think we swung too far, too fast and too hard with paleo. Um and I think it just went way too far. Uh, and I think that's exciting. I think there's no denying uh, the power of a plant-based diet. The truth always prevails, yeah. Jason. And, you know, and I still believe, you know, everyone, you got to do what's right for you. But I, I just think we things swung way too far. And, you know, next thing you know, it's it's fake this, fake that. And it just turns into crap. And then it's, you know, if you're really... It, so I, th- I think that that's a trend, mm-hmm. um, which is exciting and good. Um, you know, the power of the mind is something I've been excited about for a while. I think science is catching up there with, you know, concepts like telomere, telomeres and, and stress and how the mind and body are connected. Um, in my own life, I've seen that. I've said this before, but like uh, the science of telomeres is the new microbiome. Yes. All that stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, we're, we're everything's connected you know a great line from frank Lippmann. i remember when i was uh like dealing with some parasite stuff i said like well do you think like stress plays a role and he was like i think it's all connected mm-hmm. and he's right of course um so i think like this idea of generally like science catching up to a lot of things you know we, we've known maybe intuitively is exciting uh i think herbs hol- holistic health is, is really happening in a big way which is exciting uh, so yeah, I, I think I just think we're at like this exciting time where all mm-hmm. these things that people thought were weird are like science is catching up. They right, work right, and and I feel like 
you know, women are much more open to like, you know, the new ideas or perhaps like something that's, you know, a little bit more new agey than the typical guy. And that's like the grandest generalization of all time. Well, that's true. Like, I don't want to get in trouble with that, but I think your the demographics of your site kind of reflect that. So I'm interested in, in knowing whether, um, that's changed at all. Like sure. I know your audience is like predominantly women. Yeah. Is it 70, 30? Yeah. Does it remain 70, 30? Like I'd like to see more guys get interested. Like how do you attract guys and, and bring them in? You know, I think women are always going to be a little bit ahead, to be honest with you in this. I do think more men are catching up. Uh, what we've seen, I think meditation is a big gateway for, for men. One mm-hmm. is it's, it's viewed as a performance booster. Uh, it's the language too. It's yeah. the language that surrounds it. Like when Stephen Kotler starts talking about flow states, yes, like guys perk up <laughs> and suddenly they're paying attention. But essentially, he's talking about things that you know are were traditionally the purview of the New Age. Yep. Right. Yep. So I think Wall Street has embraced uh, meditation. You know, uh, Ray Dalio r- runs Bridgewater. You know, big meditators mm-hmm. and so performance Silicon booster. Valley, Silicon Valley. It's huge. So. Um, you know, people, people light up, oh, wait, I can, you know, perform better, you know, be more creative, less stress, sign me up. Uh, so I think that's a big gateway for people, for men. Uh, I think nutrition's a big gateway for men. And mm-hmm. I think like, you know, what's interesting is a lot of men have interviewed at my buddy degree. I always ask everyone in interviews, like, what do you like? I'm curious. Tell me what content you like here. A lot of the men we've hired have said the relationships content. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> That's so interesting. I would have thought it would have been all like, you know, sort of paleo diet kind of stuff. No. Interesting. No. Well, that bodes well for the relationship course that we have coming up. Oh, you guys are going to kill it. I'm super excited yeah, for so it. When are we releasing that? I think like in a week. Yeah, soon. Yeah. And I was like, should I have said something? No, let's get it. Yeah, let's get it up. Let's get it up. I know Julie and I uh, did did a did an online course for Mind Body Green called I don't know what we're calling it yet, but it's all about relationships. I don't know, but I'm buying it. I'm sold. You are. I'm buying whatever you're selling. Well, when you're CEO of Mind Body Green, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it, Jason. That's not true. But Uh, come on. Uh, No, that is interesting though. That 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 guys would be. Yeah, that's. I would not have thought that. No. Well, I think like you know, I think men are becoming you know, more mindful to some degree. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're not, they're maybe not going to scream from the rooftops about what they're reading, but I, you know, I think, I think more and more men are trying to be more mindful, you know, being more conscious relationships, um, you know, looking for meaning, purpose and significance. Mm-hmm. Well, so. certainly that's a hallmark of the millennial generation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and per- the, perhaps not so much people that are my age or your so age. I but. think it's happy. So it's like, what I think is interesting. I think millennials get it. But like millennials are almost 30. And then you got men over 40 who are all like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. You know, I got money, I got this, or I got a wife or an ex-wife or I got this. And so I feel like it, it's, it's starting to happen a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's the gap, I think, between the 30 and 40-year-olds a little bit. Um, but I think it, I, I see it happening more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think media has done a good job, you know, you know, we are, we do have a little bit of a problem with like the bubble and Silicon Valley and technology. But, you know, what I think is interesting there is it's, you know, people are creating things and, and there is good that comes of that. And I think previously success was measured purely by money and largely driven by Wall Street. So, right. And now it's being driven by what, Jason? Well, I think, I think it's definitely in vogue to be an entrepreneur. Uh, 
you know, it's like, that's what people do now. Like mm -hmm. we said, when we graduated from college, it was like, we did this, this or that. And I think now, like most people don't want to work at Goldman right. Sachs or. Well, entrepreneurs are the new rock stars, yes. you know, and this was something that came up in my podcast with Gary V. Like a lot of his messaging is oriented around demystifying the actual day-to-day -day life of what it means to oh, yeah. be a CEO. And a, <laughs> Most and people should not it's do like, it. It's a grind. It's not sexy. It's not flying on private jets. It's just no. like, you know, working your butt off like, yeah. you know, 18 Everyone, hours a day. I, I would say most people aren't built for it. Mm -hmm. They're not. It's right. hard, you know. That's exactly what he said. Yeah. yeah. Most people, I would say, just don't do it. What is the biggest illusion that, that you think people have about what it means to be a startup entrepreneur? Um, Beyond what we just that said. there's going to be some, you know, quick exit or you're just going to get from A to B really fast. Uh, you know, I don't think any, I think there have been extremely rare cases in history, but for the most part, like the idea you start with is not the idea you finish with and you have to be prepared to pivot. Like you have to be super comfortable with ambiguity and risk. If you're not, forget about it because mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter. Like even as you grow, like I say, your problems change. Uh, and you just never have all the information. But you guys haven't really pivoted in a substantial way, have you? No, but like we've tweaked things here and there. Mm. You know, in the past year, we've really focused on brand and creative and, and, and better, more original content, you know, switching more from user generated, which we still do. And then we added a class business, and we do events and, you know, the way we think, you know, uh, basically like looking at Facebook purely as a traffic driver to, you know, more focusing on emails. So you're constantly mm -hmm. evolving. You're constantly changing. Right. Um, and so I, I just think you, I put it this way. I think, I think uh, you have to be very comfortable with ambiguity to mm -hmm. succeed. And I think you also have to be passionate because mm -hmm. at some point or another, things will get so hard. You'll want to give up. Right. And well, if your goal is an IPO or an exit, that's not a great goal to have. Your, right. your goal should be building a great company that you love and, and that exactly. does something that you're in love with. And it's something I talk about in the book, like this idea of like, make sure you're climbing the right ladder. Cause a lot of people climb the wrong ladder and they get to the top and achieve, you know, money, success, whatever they're looking for, or maybe an exit. And then they're like, well, I'm not really happy. Like, is right. It, is this the right thing? Yeah. And bringing it back to that, that notion of the false promise that you know money is going to bring happiness that we right. all know intellectually isn't true but yet we live our lives as if it is right. true right it's and that weird dissonance yeah there was a great i did an interview with uh on the site with uh kimball musk and i asked him about essentially that that question he had this great line essentially like your 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 set for happiness will change with the amount of money you make so like if you make more different things will you'll adjust if you make less you'll adjust right doesn't matter right explain who kimball musk is to people who might not know so kimball musk is elon's brother uh who is also just take that fact away the guy is still remarkably successful he's on the board of tesla chipotle and he's got this restaurant called the kitchen in boulder in denver which is like my favorite farm to table restaurant like He's got a bunch of them. Uh, it's just so good. Great vegetables. Like It's just awesome. Uh, and he's also, what's even cooler, he's got this thing called the kitchen community. So like if, if, when he goes to a city, he just doesn't open a restaurant. He's got to do the community center, which essentially teaches kids like to become familiar with like gardening and plants and where their food mm -hmm. comes from. And so like he's talk about like, you know, socially conscious, like he doesn't just put restaurants, like he's got to put the education component first. Mm -hmm. 
It's inspirational. Yeah, it's, it's very like, cool. No, he doesn't have to do that. Right, right, right. You yeah. know what a pain in the ass that I gotta is? Get the, do you know him? I got to get him on the podcast. I, I've, I've met him very briefly. I, I know his, uh, I met him at his restaurant in Chicago, but yeah. I can introduce you. He's phenomenal. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and thank you for the introduction to Marco Borges because he was Oh, great he's on the great too. He's such a cool guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah very Another cool. super passionate guy. Well, I think this idea of the false promise of money, you know, buying you happiness and exploring that is, is perhaps the, the best, uh, place to jump off and talk about the book. Sure. Because that's a predominant theme in the book. You know, what made you want to write a book and tell us a little bit about what the book is. Sure. Uh, so the book is called Wealth. How I Learned to Build a Life, Not a Resume. W-E-L-L-T-H. You got that right. Just, that's so... I'm like, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? That's such a great title. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Did you come up with that on your own? Sort of. All, I, all on your own. Just, there's no... It ori- sounded incredibly condescending. As I, I always say... Way. Well, I as always say, like, there are never any original ideas out there. Uh, I'd seen the word a little bit, but really liked it. Um, mm. So went with it. Um and thought this will be a word maybe we can get in the lexicon or no one will understand it and it'll be terrible <laughs> no it's, it's great it's um, really great so it's what they call a prescriptive memoir so a memoir in that i tell a lot of my life story uh in the book and then prescriptive as in you know each chapter i bring in an expert to you know provide some actionable tips uh so it's funny about the book it wasn't i had no real desire to write a book i uh, wrote a blog post Two year, a little over two years ago, my 39th birthday, 39 life lessons I've learned in 39 years. Did very well, went viral. It was something I wrote very quickly, just like float out that morning of my birthday and it was just mm-hmm. magical and did well. Um, and so a literary agent wrote into the general inbox at Mind Body Green and said, I read the post. You know, I, I think if you could expand upon it and turn it into a book, and I didn't even reply. I thought, like, this isn't a book, it's a blog post. Like, I'm not naive. Um, and then a, a couple of weeks later, she sent a package to the office with a book, another book, mm-hmm. and a, a letter essentially you know, saying the same thing again. She said, read this book. I think it's similar in structure, and, and this is a great, great book. So I was traveling the next day, and I actually read the book. And I was like, holy shit, I, I think I can write the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then just wrote and wrote and wrote. And uh, every time I was on a – I don't really have a lot of time. Um, but every time I flew that summer, I wouldn't do the Wi-Fi. I would just write. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't edit it. Whatever came out, you know, from the heart, you know, typos and all, run on sentences and wrote, and then uh, had like fifty thousand words, and then worked with her to edit it down, do the proposal, and, and that was it. That's great. I mean, most CEOs that write books, and it seems like every CEO writes a book. Yeah. You know, ninety-five percent, ninety-nine percent, perhaps, are all written by ghostwriters. Yeah. No, I so. wrote it. I wanted to do it. Like, I just didn't mm-hmm. want to be that if you're guy. Gonna do it. Like, to yeah, do it, I don't want right. to be that. Guy. You know, it's like it's my story. It's my book. Um, it was important to me to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I also learned the process. It's one of those things too. It's like if you want to get something done, give it to a busy man. And I just like plowed through it. Um, did you have to write a proposal also? Yeah, I did the proposal, the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. I'm like, I work, my, my agent was great. Like I worked with an editor on it. Like I, I needed editing. Mm-hmm. So I did work with an editor. Uh, and, and that was it. Right. I just and, got it done. Yeah. And, <laughs> and how did you approach it? Like, did you have ground rules about like, well, here's what I want it to be. And it changed. Or like, how did you get into the headspace of figuring out what it was you wanted to communicate specifically? You know, I definitely wanted to, on a macro level, I wanted to create the book that I wish I read 20 years ago. 
Yeah, what was the book that I would have loved to have read when I was going through shit on Wall Street or a breakup or what have you? And, and, and like when I was, when I was living in the self-help section at Barnes and Noble, like searching, you know, I, I read everything, but it was still lacking like that book that, and so that was the book I wanted to write. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it was, you know, my personal story and what hopefully is relatable to a lot of people. So yeah. And I think, I think what distinguishes your book, which, I guess I haven't said yet. I'll say it. In, I'm sure I said it in the intro, which I haven't recorded sure. yet. But when people are listening, um, you did a great job. It's Thank a great you. book. Yeah. Thank you, you should be super proud. Thank you very um, much. You know, there's a lot of junky self-help books out there. Right. And in general, uh, I hate self-help books. Like, I can't right. stand them for whatever reason. And Just manifest it, Rich. What? <laughs> <laughs> but Just the thing is, you... <laughs> You you wrote a great book, and I think I think one of the reasons why it stands out and will stand out and will also stand the test of time is because you allowed yourself to be vulnerable in telling your own story, sure. and I think that's really important Thank in you. terms of connecting with the audience. So, was that challenging or frightening to open a, up on a that little level? bit? And, and you know, I said to you earlier before we, we started taping uh you inspired me with finding ultra like you really put yourself i'm serious you'll roll your eyes <laughs> rich is rolling his eyes like you put yourself out there and that was something you know like i could have put a lot more out there the only person my mother read it she was like why do you share all that like <laughs> you were a good kid <laughs> i'm like mom that's not the one. like <laughs> yeah uh but you know i a little bit, but I thought, you know, this, this is it. And I think a lot of the things I share, I'll, you know, I'll be very personal. I think, you know, people can relate to at mm-hmm. some level. So I thought that was important. Yeah. There's no, there's no bluster or chest pumping or anything like, or, right. or you, trying to make yourself look like anything, you know, other than who you are. It's, right. it's innately very human. And I think that that is not only important. I think it's, it's almost necessary in this culture now i mean with i say this all the time i'm going to sound repetitive but you know young people have incredibly finely attuned bullshit radar right you know? and they, because of the culture that we live in that's fueled by the internet they can see something that's non-authentic coming from right. a million miles away right you know what i mean and so i think it's more important than ever that if you're going to step into doing something like this that you be prepared to really be yep honest and open and you did that so i agree yeah, thank yeah. you yeah i just can't i'm not one of those people who i can't do it any other yeah. way. <laughs> right um so walk us through what we can find in the book so you know th- the book is not linear uh it starts with uh the e chapter where i talk about uh you know nutrition and diet uh and i go all the way to the you know the close with the the live chapter which is about dealing with death you know how losing my father at age 19 you know changed me in a, in a big way and then you know dealing with the loss of a best friend and other deaths and, and and you know and living and and what death can represent and laughter and uh you know the, the book the book is a journey you know everything from what i've learned in, in my own healing journey from healing from back pain to recovering from a parasite to nutrition to movement to to my entrepreneurial journey what i've learned about about money and 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 jobs and you know gratitude and relationships is something i talk about too and the idea of soulmates and well, i think everyone needs to look at soulmates in a different way um, what what way specifically well, you know, in the book, I say there's there's three types of soulmates. Uh, 
you know, soulmates are sort of like a mysterious thing. Uh, and I, and I think we need to reframe the way we look at them. I say that there's, there's two types of non-romantic soulmates and then, excuse me, two types of romantic soulmates and then a non-romantic soulmate. So, you know, I talk about the, the first type of soulmate is the kind that, you know, helps you maybe get from A to B and it's probably the most painful, <laughs> painful relationship you've had, but we've all had them. And, uh, without them, we wouldn't be who we are today. And they're not the ones that you're, you're meant to be with forever, but you're meant to be with at a very specific time to help push you to where you, where you need to, to go in your life path. Um, so I talk about a very personal story there. And, and then I also believe in the idea of the, you know, the forever soulmate, the one you're supposed to, to be with. And this notion where, you know, I believe when people are meant to be together, I say one and one shouldn't equal one and a half or two. I think one and one equals three. Uh, you know, these are the people that don't make you insecure. They, they, they make you feel more secure than ever. They bring out the best in you. And, uh, I, I think they're out there. And I also say, like, I don't think you need people to make you happy. I also say that, you know, you'll never be happy in a relationship if you're not happy with yourself. That's um, so true. You know, it's over and over, you know, it's like mm-hmm. when you're ready, you're ready. Yeah. I think one of the greatest misconceptions and, um, sources of unhappiness in our country, perhaps the world is this idea that another person is going to resolve whatever is making right. you unhappy in your life. And that myth and we talk about this in the online course, the myth of like, you complete me. Right. right. And when you're Jerry chasing, McGuire. yeah, when you're chasing that, <laughs> it's just not going to work out. Right. You know, no. it starts with yourself investing in yourself and, and resolving whatever issue is making you unhappy so that you can stand in the light and attract the person that you want to be with because you have to, you have to be putting out that energy. You have to be the kind of person, um, that that person is going to want to be with. Absolutely. (laughs) You know what I mean? Otherwise it's a, it's a house of cards. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it's a recipe for disaster. And I think at some time or another, we've all found ourselves in that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the third type of of soulmate I'd say is a non-romantic soulmate. I think these are abundant in our lives. They're the old friends that appear and reappear, the, the people we connect with at certain periods of time who really, you know, help us uh, connect with us or honest with us. And, I, and, and, you know, it's this notion that I think soulmates are abundant. You know, I don't think it's just like this one person, it, it, like, right. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running, you know, like who I'm, you know, running through the, the aisles of Whole Foods in Venice looking for my soulmate. Uh, I, I think they're everywhere. And it's this idea of operating from a place of abundance and not scarcity and, and uh, you know, focusing on the blessings we have. And there are soulmates everywhere. I believe that. So. How does it work with you and Colleen? Sure. Especially now that you work together sure. as well as are married <laughs> and live like a few blocks from here. Sure, like your, sure. your world is very... Your, 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 your life is very big, yes. but the geography of your world is very compressed. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, I talk a lot about Colleen in the book and our relationship and we, we work together, which is, How which long is, have you guys been together? Shit. Seven. Wait. Seven years. Mm-hmm. Almost seven years. No, eight years. Nine. Wait. No, we met, we met in November <laughs> of 2007. Like <laughs> Our first date was November in 2007. So, uh-huh. so almost nine years. Um, so yeah, like working together, you know, we actually, I think, do it well. Um, we don't sit next to each other. That's a big thing. We, we operate very differently. Um, you know, but for us, and it's not easy. Our biggest challenge is we don't shut it off. You know, we don't have children yet. Hopefully we'll have children soon. 
Um, but we're so passionate about wellness, like, you know, work, work and play are one, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we're, we're technically, this is work, but like, you're a great friend. So like, this is play and we don't go home and just turn it off. You know, we socialize with our friends who are part of the community and we have classes with them, right? So, you know, something we, we say a lot is, you know, last work comment. Last right. kind of just another and another, but we're just so it's our life. It's yeah, we're so passionate about it. So the greatest gift that you can experience is when your work life, uh, you know, is your play. You know, like yeah. the, when those two things merge, it's just it's incredible. And I have the gift of being able to experience yeah. that. And you know, Julie and I work together. We don't work on everything together, right. and we certainly don't sit next to each other all day. <laughs> that would be disastrous. <laughs> Um, but there is that blurring of the lines and I think it, 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 what it, what it means and what it requires is that you're more conscious of making sure that you carve out time that isn't focused on, you know, that, so that every interaction is not a business meeting. Right. You know what I mean? And it's something we, it gets difficult. Yeah, it is. And we, we, we had something we work on and we're conscious of and, uh, but you know, we also realize it's a blessing to be able to do what we do and totally it's awesome. So Mm -hmm. like. The way I look, you know, all the amazing people we know in our inner lives. And it's just like, sometimes I pinch myself. Right. Wow, this is awesome. There was that moment. I mean, she didn't always work for Mind, Body, Green, though. And she made that leap to to doing it full time. Was there trepidation? Like, we're going into new terrain now. How are we going to navigate this as a married couple? You know, not really. (laughs) She was just like, I want it. You know, she was always helping out in the side. It's about time. Yeah, she was helping out on the side and, and was ready and it just worked. And, you know, I talk about in the book, like I was harder on her in the beginning. I made her be an unpaid intern for a couple months to prove herself to everyone because I like did not <laughs> want the nepotism thing. Uh-huh. So in a lot of ways, I think I was definitely, and she worked so hard, I was definitely harder on her because I wanted to prove to everyone. I proved to my co-founders and, you know, everyone on the team, like she's not just my wife, like she's really smart and she works her ass off and she can get the job done. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just happened and we work, we work well together. So. I'm taking it personally that she's not here today. I know she's, Say hi. I know. Well, she's a little under the she's weather feeling well. So, um, all right. So what else in the book? You know, I, I think we, we cover, you know, one thing I'll talk about is, is nutrition a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of, of diets per se. I believe in lifestyle, um, and, and, and the line in the book, which I think you'll appreciate, I said if there's if there was, you know, I, I, the the best diet book of all time would would be a book that no one would buy, and it would be eat vegetables, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right? Yeah, one <laughs> line. <laughs> I'd actually like to publish that book. Just just that one sentence, you know. Um, you know, I, I talk and talk about my thoughts there. Uh, you know, I think a big thing where I've gotten a lot of feedback is this idea of uh, a lot of positive feedback is, you know, is career and work. And, and, you know, how do you what do you do if you're looking to make a change in your life? Uh, yeah, let's camp out there a little bit because there are, you know, it is quite a uh, an epidemic um, in America and beyond, I would presume of people that are stuck in jobs they don't sure. like. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that is the greatest, you know, sort of 
difficulty that I think most people yep. are dealing with yep. in a very real way. Yep. And it's very easy and cavalier to go like chase your passion right. or do what right. you love and right. 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 you know right. put up an Instagram quote, you know, right. that gets lots of likes that makes you feel all butterflies inside. But manifest it, Rich. <clears throat> but how do you yeah, like <laughs> for the person that is right stuck, you know, it's irresponsible to just say, well quit your job yep. or you know, that's yep. not real. Absolutely. You know, so like what a what is the real trajectory um, or, or like how can you be of service and help sure. that person, um, you know, make those first initial steps to, you know, begin to explore perhaps a different way. Sure. So it's exactly what you said. It's make the initial steps. So what I say in the book and I use Colleen as an example is this idea of think three moves ahead. So like very rarely do people just like one day say, I'm done. I want to go over here. That's my dream job. And that happens. Rarely happens. So this notion of thinking three moves ahead is, you know, think, you know, what is that dream position and what does it look like? And then come up with some sort of plan. So Colleen is an example, you know, very passionate about health and wellness. She started out in, in fashion, the retail world, uh, you know, worked at, worked at, worked at Gap at Old Navy and Banana Republic, but, you know, wanted to get out of it. But mm -hmm. she was sort of like boxed in, like, oh, you're a fashion person. So what she did was then take a job at Walmart, you know, oh, Walmart, well, Walmart's not fashion walmart's the biggest retailer in the company so people started to see her as a different light oh you work at walmart whole different thing people are just fascinated by walmart what they do you know sustainability something she was a part of there what they were doing was amazing but re totally reframed her next job she took was in amazon and all of a sudden you were working at the biggest e-commerce player in the country mm -hmm. so it's oh wait you're not even fashion you worked in e-com you worked at the biggest retailer in the country and that led her to get a job at Organic Avenue, mm. actually working for Doug Evans. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons why they hired Colleen, well, she's got all this great merchandising experience and she worked for the biggest retailer in the world and the biggest e-commerce player in the world and we're a growing brand that works to work, work on those things. And so that got her to wellness and then to my body green. But that couldn't have happened if she just stayed at Gap and said, I want to work in wellness. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't have happened. So mm -hmm. it's this idea of like identifying where you want to go and you may have to, you know, make those three moves and what i say for a lot of people to do and that patience yeah patience like look at linkedin like look at people who have the job that you want and see their background you see how they got there like sometimes they and come up with a plan and be right you got to take the first step very rarely does someone mm -hmm. like say i hate wall street i'm done i want to you know work in the juice industry or whatever right. it doesn't happen yeah and that first step might be going on LinkedIn and searching for people that do something more interesting or something Absolutely. that interests you personally and perhaps sending one of them an email. Or you may have to take a bit of a pay cut and or or a title cut and you know it's or just, a night class. Yeah. Like when I left trading, I was like, shit, I don't have any transferable skills. Mm -hmm. I'm good at this one thing. But that doesn't mean anything. Branded for life at age 23. Yeah. Right? And I was young. I was 25, you know, 25, 26. I was sort of like leaving, like, but I realized, and, and I don't, I need to like start over here. Mm -hmm. uh, and it took 10 years, like the entrepreneurial journey too. Like, I'll, I'll add, like, it took 10 years. Like, I had things that didn't work, but I learned a lot. And like, the cliches are true. Like, you learn more from your failures and your successes. But like, were you always an entrepreneur? Did you have that spirit? in you as a yeah, kid? Yeah, I think so. Like I was always entrepreneurial, everything from like selling the cups at keg parties right. to uh, <laughs> all that, you know, fun stuff. Uh, and I think something about me, I've always had like a very high risk 
you know, a high tolerance for risk and, and ambiguity, mm-hmm. like more so than most people. What I think made me a good trader and just I'm comfortable with a lot of. Right. Being comfortable with the arbitrage. Yeah. Like I'm comfortable. It's this idea of it's a blend of like ambiguity in a big way of not knowing. Like, and also knowing things will be okay. It's this this balance I think a lot of people struggle with. It's this idea of knowing things are going to be okay, but you can't just fucking sit around and do nothing too. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to push and push and work, but also have faith and and be able to take a step back sometimes and say like, what am I missing here? Like universe, God, whatever. And I think that there's a balance. Mm -hmm. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. Well, balance is an interesting subject to explore. You sure. know, the typical startup entrepreneur does not live a very balanced life. Correct. Uh, <laughs> and it would be very easy to be very out of balance. And, and I have some, you know, sort of iconoclastic opinions about balance sure. in general. Um, but as somebody who's lording over a wellness company, sure. it would not behoove you to become a workaholic and then sure. stop practicing all the things sure. that you're preaching. Here. Sure. So how do you make sure that you are keeping all of that in check? It's hard. You know, it's something like I've definitely had moments where I'm like, all this wellness is making me unwell. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like, you know? <laughs> like I'm changing all these people's lives. I'm spending lives. so much time talking about wellness that I'm not well. Right. And, you know, I it's something I'm mindful of. You know, it's evolved. Like there's this great, uh, there's a quote from like Randy Zuckerberg. It's something like choose three, you know, family, friends, sleep, fitness, or your job. And it's like sort of true. Mm-hmm. Uh it's something I'm mindful of. So for me, it's changed. Like the days of me going to a public yoga class five days a week, that's over. For me, my yoga practice has evolved to two days a week for 15 minutes at home. What do I do daily now? I do meditation every day, you know, for 20 minutes every day, never miss. Sometimes I get in twice. I'll lift weights once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I walk a lot. Like that's how it's evolved, but it's still. It, it's it's changed and I'm sure it'll evolve again, but it, it's believe me, it's something I think about. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people in wellness too, like it, it, it's hard. I think people struggle with it. When, well, when wellness becomes your business, right. that's when, you know what I mean? That that's when it, when the wellness itself can become threatened. Right. You know, and I've experienced that and you know, I'm prone to being very out of balance. Like I, thri- sure. I thrive in the, the excitement and the energy of going all in on something. Yeah. Right? So whether that's uh, yeah. writing a book or staying up all night, editing a video or a podcast, whatever it is, like I can get obsessive Yeah. and then I'm not taking care of myself. Sure. Uh, but yeah. then I justify it by saying, yes, but the product is forever. And when that's done, it's right. out there. And then I can bring, you know, I can let that pendulum swing back. And so I give myself a little bit of a wide berth to allow myself to do that because I do function well when I'm hyper-focused for a short period of time. Yeah. But I have to be mindful that I'm not 
out of whack for too long. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it, it's this idea of, you know, you can only, you push so much and then you kind of have to let go. And I think it's like a spiritual approach to, to working and business, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's a the problem I have with a lot of self-help books. It's like a lot of them just preach like just, you know, repeat affirmations or, or manifest it and, and things will come. Uh, you have to work hard. Right. But you do have to be able to take a step back and say, I need to let things come to me. I need to take care of me. And then the abundance is there. Right. And I think most people, it's hard. Usually people just push, 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 or they just sit on the couch and say, you know, I'm ready, you know, bring the money. Um, So I think it's a balance. Right. And there's so many things, like if you start to explore, like, well, what what is the optimal morning routine? Or, you know, how should I live my life as balanced and as healthy as I can throughout the day? And you start to accumulate these tasks, whether it's meditation, yoga, uh, journaling, sure. you know, yep. and making sure that you eat every 40 minutes with a little snack, whatever it is. And then suddenly, like, there's no time for anything else in your actual life right. other than taking care of those things. So it becomes overwhelming and intimidating. Yep. And then you feel bad if you don't do all of them. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? And I think that creates a negative spiral. I agree. I think so. you got to find out what works for you. And, you know, what's that? It's like the Tim Ferriss quote, like the, the great habit is like the one you keep. Right. A great practice. Like you right. got to do it. Or that, yeah. Like what, what is the, what's the fitness routine or the diet that I should do? The one that you will actually do. Right. And then it's one thing I like talk about. Like I love blue zones. I love Dan Buettner, mm-hmm. our friend. Like I can, so many people can do that. Right. Well, he's all about changing your environment. So the healthy yep. choice is the easy choice or yep. the convenient choice. Yep. And that's, that's super powerful. Yep. Right. But, but you know, that can be applied to your home or your office. <clears throat> and then, extrapolating out into communities and things that he's doing with cities, which yeah, is really it's awesome. amazing. But like focusing on small, you know, I believe in the power of small wins, mm-hmm. whatever you're looking to do, or you're improving in your relationship, your diet work, you know, focus on little things, win and move from there. Yeah. Because it is trite and as stupid as it sounds like mountains are moved through those tiny actions. It's the little things that you do on a daily basis consistently that actually make the difference and, yep. and create the change. Like when I look back on, you know, whether it's Ultraman or writing, whatever it is that I've done, like it's about like just little things that I did every single day yep. without fail in, you know, that weren't on Snapchat or publicly yep. announced or anything like that. It's just how you recalibrate your lifestyle to make room for those actions and permit yourself to fail yep. in anonymity um, that allow you to move forward. Yep. So if you could go back to the beginning of the Mind Body Green adventure and give yourself a little <laughs> bit of advice, perhaps advice that's in your new book, I mean, what would you tell yourself? It's going to take a lot longer than you think. <laughs> but don't tell At your wife time, that. At the time, what did you think? Like, what was? The- I, I would say to Colleen, like, it's just going to be like six months before and, you just blow it up and make it. Yeah, into a huge and it took it took a good three years mm-hmm. uh, before I knew, like, okay, we have something here. So that was three years, you know, 2012 was when I said, when we knew like, okay, we, we got something here. Like in, in terms of it, like this is a real business. Yeah. Like th- this to, has like, this is like something that I'm like, that's a hobby. Right. Know? Right. Right. Like this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's, you know, so I, I think everything is, everything takes longer than you think. And then sometimes you're surprised. Mm-hmm. I think things when, when they're, when, when I do think it's true in business and in life and relationships, everything when things are aligned and the, and you've done the work and everything's in place, boom. Mm-hmm. 
that's when big things happen. Right. All that. But I think it's hard work. All the legwork uh, that leads up to that moment yeah. that you can then later chalk up as luck or synchronicity, yeah. but which you prepared for. Right. And it's this idea of like, you know, being aligned, you know, spiritually, mentally, all these things. Like when you're aligned, when you're supposed to be, but you, you generally just don't arrive there. Mm-hmm. You got to work to get there. And then. And I think magic things happen when you align your, your, you know, your work and your passion and values. So. When you look at other entrepreneurs out there, startup CEOs, you know, are there things that they're doing where you're like, if they only knew, or this is what they're doing wrong, or you know what I mean? Like, not in a, not in, not in an egotistical way, right. but like, what have you learned? that you think, you know, would be of value or assistance to somebody who is, maybe they're just starting a little mom and pop shop sure. or a little e-commerce site or something like that. To me, you have to start with passion. Like, don't just do anything just for the money. You know, like I say in the it's book, cool to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, like I like money, but it's not about the money. Uh, you have to be passionate about it because you will give up at some point unless you're someone who just, you know, there's some people just never give up. And that's also can be a bad thing too. Uh, so I think passion is really key. Uh, cause you will have that dark night of the soul, so to speak mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, those sleepless nights are like, why am I doing this? But you'll push through it. You're passionate about it. And where does spirituality come into this for you? And what does that look like? Well, to me, it's this idea, you know, there are definitely bumps and detours and potholes and all those things. And it's, you know, having a, I think it really helps to have like a deeper belief in something that like greater than yourself, that like you're on a path and things will be okay. Uh, cause it gets you through. And I also think, you know, at 41 now, like, you know, I've had some life experiences, you know, whether it was like losing a parent or like things that I thought were falling apart. And, 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 you know, I think it helps to also go back and say like, okay, sort of seen this thing happen before it's going to suck but we're going to persevere and work hard and we're going to get through so i I think like being able to have faced adversity at a young age uh to have something to draw back on i think helps get you through it and i think having you know i think having a spiritual practice is huge in being an entrepreneur because there are moments when you just don't know you know they, they happen you know and so having a faith like you're doing the right thing and you're you know you're true to your mission and and to your mission larger than you uh what you're supposed to be doing and things will work out like that just helps I, right. I think you as an entrepreneur everything's on your shoulders anyway the weight of the world you know your employees the company your investor all these things you know the way the world is on your shoulders so the ability to sometimes take a step back and say like there's something bigger than myself that's I'm sort of powerless against not to say I'm just going to sit in the couch and do nothing, but like there's something bigger than me that can help or change this. Like shoulders are feeling maybe a little lighter at the moment. I think that's powerful. Right. And that this is happening for a reason beyond your understanding on some Uh, level. Like you didn't, you didn't, you know, craft a universe that would allow wellness to be a massive sort of market trend right right now. Exactly. Like, and all these other sort of factors outside of your control that are dictating, you know, the trajectory of this company and your profession and your career and to be able to go, well, you know, I'm not the, 
ultimate steward of, you know, where this is going to go. Absolutely. To find comfort in that and peace and understand that, yeah, there is something bigger going on here. And yep. this is your mission. And there's a reason why you're doing this. And there's a reason why it's successful. Some of that is a result of your self-will and your sure. hard work. And some of it is because this is supposed to be happening, Jason. Absolutely. And, and you're I, fulfilling I, your I, universal role I, as steward I, of wellness. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think entrepreneurs and CEO, you know, you can get lost in that. We're mm-hmm. like, I, you know, if there's a will, I'm a way, you know, I'm an athlete too. It's like, there's a will, I'm a way. Like that, that's a long run through it, you right. know? Uh, but I that think distinction between, um, self will and, and relinquishing control. You need both. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't just sit around and and manifest it, so to speak. You got to do the work, but at the same time, you have to be able, it's something I think I, you know, I work on. I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, I think people who are type A's are used to just pushing, like there's Mm -hmm. that ball over there. I'm going to fucking go get it. Right. And And where do you draw that line? You know, of course, perseverance is important sure. and overcoming obstacles are important but also if the universe is just throwing you know so many obstacles at you sure. the message you know is then like well maybe this isn't yeah and i've right faced that with that other businesses where like you know i've I had moments with businesses that didn't work out where i was like jesus christ like i've done everything here you know it's like you do have to try to knock down doors and knock down doors and then sometimes you're like the door is just not opening mm-hmm. or maybe there's this one over here that's what i always look at things like whenever we're you know struggling or trying to do something it's just not happening where you know i take a step back and say like whoa like Maybe I'm looking, I'm trying to bang down the wrong door. Am I not seeing something? Can I take a step back? Is there's this door over here to the right that I'm just not paying attention to where someone's like, you know, screaming at me, like walk through it. Uh, so it, it's that, it, it, it's the ability to like, I, I think, charge through and make things happen, but also the ability to like take a step back, which is, I think, hard to do. <laughs> um, and say like, whoa, am I doing the right thing? Is this thing happening or not happening for a reason? And not overthinking it too sometimes. Easy to say, hard to do. And how important is meditation in in sort of sharpening that knife of discernment? Sure. It's huge. It's been super valuable to me. Uh, To me, it's been game-changing. You know, I I think um, I probably would have... I really struggled the past couple of years if I didn't have that tool. Like it's really great to just go away and, and just feel, almost feel like a level of fog lift, be able to think a little bit clearly. Uh, I think very clearly after sometimes where it's like a really sharp contrast where it's like, Whoa, I need to do this. Um, it's powerful. I think you need, you know, it's like this idea of, you know, you, you, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, I think any in life, like you have to have a level of humility where it's like, you got to, you know, like we touched on, you got to realize that there's something else out there guiding you and you got to run with it. But at the same time, you got to, you got to work. Mm-hmm. You got to work. Is there a specific kind of meditation that you practice? So I'll, uh, you know, repeat a mantra over and over for 20 uh-huh. minutes. Given uh, to you by Charlie. Charlie Knowles. <laughs> yeah. Great meditation course. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll do like mindful. I'll, I'll sort of do everything, but that's the one I stick with. Um, you know, and I always, I think a gratitude practice is, is good, you know, for me, like. What does know, that practice look like? You know, every day I wake up, I say thank you a couple of times. Like we have it on our wall, you know, I'm a big fan of Peter Tunney. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this great gratitude huge, mural. Huge mural. Uh, yeah. The entire wall, like 10 feet high says gratitude. Yeah. Like I think having a gratitude practice is just 
is huge. Uh, whatever that looks like for you, you know, appreciating the people in your life, uh, you know, the ability to walk, all these things, you know, I just, you, know, you never want to have something taken away before you appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's just ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. We got to wrap it up here in a couple of minutes, but I thought we could kind of close it down with perhaps some imparting words of wisdom for, uh, you know, somebody who's out there who is interested in these ideas, you know, maybe it's a guy who's not the typical mind, body, green reader or somebody who's stuck in a job that's not doing it for them, or they're in a relationship that they're not sure how to get out of, but they know it's not quite right. Like how do you communicate with that person? Uh, well, a, hope they read the book. <laughs> I think there's some lessons in there. Yeah. Uh, check out my muddy green, check out wealth. Uh, but you know, I think it's important for people to know that, you know, anything's possible. Uh, you know, when I, I sort of started over at, at, you know, my, something I else I talk about it. Like I moved back home at like age 30 and was broke and like felt like a, I say like, I felt like a better looking, taller George Costanza, like, mm-hmm. And started from scratch and took me a long time and I did it and I'm glad I did it. And I thought like, oh God, like should have did this five years ago, but like now I'm all 40. my friends are ahead of me. Yeah. And, and like I was ahead of them and they, they have became ahead of me. And, and I'm right. like, I went backwards. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And so like it only gets harder. And like for 30 or, you know, uh, one guy I will say I do admire, I didn't, Bill Campbell. Um, Bill Campbell's this guy. So he actually, uh, he's a Columbia alum. He went to Columbia, played football, became the Columbia coach, at, the Columbia football coach. I was a terrible coach. Uh, in his late 30s, I think like 38, he started over and like took a job at like Kodak or an advertising, but like started from scratch. 38. Uh, he was one of Steve Jobs' closest friends. He went, parlayed it and were working at Apple. He's, they call him the coach of Silicon Valley. Oh, wow. He's, he was the CEO of Intuit. He's like the confidant to the Google founders. Like a lot's been written about him. But like, I looked at that guy, like, holy shit, like Bill Camp, like donated so much money to Columbia. It's like, there's the Bill Campbell this, there's the Bill Campbell that. I met him a few times, super nice guy. But like, the guy started over in his late 30s mm. and like is incredibly successful. So I was like, okay, like, I'm 31. This guy was married with a kid and like starting over like a failure Ivy League football coach to this guy today. Um, so I, you know, it's this idea, like it's never too late, whether you're 40, 50, it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, it's amazing. We're, we're in this like social contract where there's these unwritten rules about like how you're supposed to progress through your life. And if you venture off that track, somehow you're perceived as, you know, broken goods or, you know, the the sort of self judgment that comes with that can be debilitating. Yep. And I've seen, and I think it's an illusion. Totally. And I think more and more guys are like secretly opening up to it. Like I've had people reach out, I have friends with, you know, and say like, I'm doing this now. Did you know that? Mm. Like, don't tell anyone. I'm like, that's awesome. Uh. You can tell, you know, and I I think, you know, I think more and more people, uh, you know, are searching for more meaning, purpose, and significance. They see guys like you too, you know, you have a similar story. Like you're like, I'm doing this and I know, and it's not easy, but I'm doing it. And like, it's hard, but. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I just say to everyone, like anything's possible. And you got to, the first step is believing. And, and often the first step is the hardest step. Just got to take it. Mm-hmm. So it's inspiring what you've built here, man. 
I commend you. you. It's really impressive and very cool. And I love the mission and I'm part of the mission. Yes. And it's been uh, a privilege to grow alongside you on a parallel track. And I can't wait to see where you take all this. Awesome. Such an honor, Rich. Thank you so much. Very cool. Thanks for taking the time. The book is called Wealth. It is coming to bookstores everywhere. That's not it. It's right here. How I Learned to Build a Life, Not a Resume. Everybody should definitely check it out. It's incredibly well written. And there's this great quote on the back cover. There is. You gave me like top top billing. Top billing. Rich Roll. Yes. Should I read it? Health begin here. I'll read what I wrote. Yeah. Health begins with what's on health begins with what's on your plate, but wellness is alchemy, an elusive and delicate ballet of body, mind, and spirit, ever striving for perfect harmony. Deftly leveraging the wisdom and experience of the world's greatest wellness experts, wealth is a brilliantly composed, highly engaging memoir and an easy to digest primer on exactly how you too can be healthy and happy, live your best life and thrive. A must read. And I believe that, man. It really is. So congrats. Thank you. Very cool. Uh, if you're digging on Jason, the best way to track him down is to go to mindbodygreen.com. And you're on all the social media, at Jason Walkup on Twitter, Facebook, all the like. Yeah. Anything else? That's it. Thank we you did so it, right? much. Yeah. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel good. Such too. an honor. I, <laughs> I love the Ritual Podcast. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks so much. Peace. Thank you. Plants. It's about to be read again As I ask you to focus on sailors Fighting in the dance hall Oh man, look at those cavemen go It's the freakiest show Take a look at the lawman What'd you guys think? He's cool, right? I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I love that guy, and I think his book is great, and I'm so proud to share that conversation with you guys. Uh, Check out this week's show notes for much more. I got plenty of links and resources, including, of course, everything that we mentioned during the course of the conversation. For all your plant power and RRP swag and merch, visit richroll.com. We're running a huge sale this week on all our nutrition products, which you would know if you subscribe to my newsletter. If you haven't done that, maybe do that. Keep sending in your questions for future Q&A podcasts at info at richroll.com. Big shout out to Sean Patterson for all his amazing help on the graphics for this episode. Chris Swan for production assistance. And thank you to Anna Lemma and Tyler Pyatt for all the transition music. That's my boy's band. They're amazing. Uh, thanks for all the support, you guys. I love doing this, and I love all of you. See you soon. Peace.